Welcome to this episode of The Square. I'm Poonam Schallenberger, and I'm here with Jordan Gill, Project Design Manager in our healthcare practice. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking to you about what's next in the patient journey. I know for me, I hate waiting. Anywhere, really, but especially in healthcare facilities. Pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're already sick, and you've waited to get your appointment. You're waiting in this waiting room, waiting to see a doctor. You've just finished working on one of the first self-rooming models for at Corgan. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the self-rooming model is and what it means to no longer wait in a healthcare practice anymore? Sure, absolutely. It's 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 a new a new concept to healthcare, but not new to the world that we're living in. Um, it's kind of like the Disney's fast, fast Pass. Like when you go to Disney, we're trying to get you out of those lines, or at least through the lines quicker. Um, we're trying to get you from your home, from your vehicle, into the exam room quicker without having to sit down, wait for someone else. You're really in control of your experience. Um, I would love nothing more than a future patient experience without waiting, and it sounds like you've come close to making that a reality. Right. It's it's pretty cool. We've uh, we've worked really hard with some really great partners in the in the DFW area to um, try to remove the waiting room altogether. I think everyone's been sick before, right? I could say that yeah. confidently. Yeah. Um, and everyone's had to wait in a waiting room before. Um, that's probably the 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 least special time in the entire process. Is I feel like I feel like I sometimes even avoid going to the doctor's office, or this is even worse, like avoid taking my three year old because I don't want to wait. I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah. Um, but I think even some of the data tells us that people just straight up leave too, or say, you know what, I'm switching doctors. It's not just the fact that we hate it. I mean, there's a there's a business proposition even for reducing the waiting time too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if if we even go remove ourselves a little bit further from healthcare and think about the service industry altogether, um, you know, uh, there's uh, there's an understanding that if someone comes in to like let's just say a restaurant and they're already upset because they had to wait for their table, it's almost impossible to uh, reel them back in to have a good a good experience, right? You have to work really, really hard for that. So very similarly, the healthcare industry is, is a service industry, right? Um, we want to make sure um, that uh, these these patrons that are coming to the to the environments um, are are sort of removed from any environmental caused stressors as, as much as possible, right? Um, plus, you know, if if we if we um, have a tough time in the waiting room. They're already sick on top of that, so they feel like crap. You know, we just we just want to make sure that this is as easy as possible, and we can control the rate, the waiting times and stuff. So let's just get rid of it. There's no reason. Yeah, and my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that patient satisfaction is actually tied to so many things. It's tied to even sometimes how they hear and interpret their care, how likely they are to follow instructions. There, you know, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Your mood might interpret how willing you are to kind of hear the doctor out, maybe book your next appointment. Absolutely. Right? And probably drives those outcomes and then probably even their their likelihood that they'd come back for more business. Right. Right. Absolutely. And and uh, no one no one wants to go to the doctor. You're there for a reason. Um, though we're trying to change that too, trying to be preventative rather than reactive healthcare, but for another podcast, right? Yeah. Um but um you know, we we're we're trying to get trying to to do this for not only the patients, but the staff too. They're benefiting from this as well. Um, all in all, healthcare is still a business. 
it's kind of strange to think about about it this way but uh each each sick person costs dollars and makes dollars right so the quicker we can get them through and the safer we can get them through uh the more money they make so um that's kind of another way that we're empathizing too um not only from the patient standpoint but from the staff standpoint so jordan one of the things that i find so frustrating about the wait time in hospitals or any any doctor i'm going to go see is i feel like i'm waiting for so long and then I see them for a fraction of a minute. Right. And I'm always wondering why. If they're just here for five seconds, what's the holdup? Can you explain to me why? What what causes these long waiting times? Because you're waiting in a lobby or a waiting room, and then you're waiting again in the exam room. What, what's the holdup? That's. I mean, that's a great question. And um, if you put yourself sort of in the shoes of the of the physician you're going to see, um, you think about if I have five exam rooms. And each patient wants um, 15 to 25 minutes of my time. Um, but then the staff are having to clean after each patient. The staff are having to resupply each one of the rooms. Those wait times start stacking up. And if there's not a sequence on how to coordinate this as like you would a dance or a symphony or something, then it starts sort of stacking up, backing up. And there's rooms that are empty, that are uncleaned, that are ready for to accept a new patient, but they're not um, sequencing it to where it's moving like a well-oiled machine. Thus, the the patients are having to wreak the consequences of that. So that's why you go to a clinic and you've got 45-minute wait times. It's just there's ways for us to cut that cut that fat, right? We're wanting to make this a lot more leaner of a process. It's all these different friction points then that Absolutely. are adding up friction points from the patient perspective, but then also kind of behind the scenes, offstage activities as well. So from a patient point of view, can you walk me through all the different sort of stops that I have to make? Because I think about it, I'm like, so even finding parking now, that's a frustration, right? Where the reception desk is and then waiting for someone to show up and rung the bell, signed in. Am I checked in yet? What's what's going on? So can you walk me through all the different stops we make even as a patient? Absolutely. And, and everything that you just listed there uh, is something that we want to almost cut or, or modify altogether. So um, even before you get to the parking lot, your, your healthcare experience happens in your home, right? You start feeling sick and you're, you're, you are the one that has to initiate that, that conversation and getting that ball rolling to go talk to your, your physician. So um, for example, like if, Say you have a, uh, a strep throat, your, th your throat starts getting sore. Um, you would go on the internet or your, your phone and hit the app. Um, that all needs to be designed. The experience happens way before, you know, architecture of Corgan ever gets involved. Um, we like to voice that just because it's important as, as a brand. Um, there's a lot of frustration that comes with setting up appointments. You know, you, you used to have to, I don't know if, if people that are listening to this ever did it, but you just have to call and make an appointment to yeah. see, right? Yeah. And then you'd have to wait seven, 14 days. Typically, I'm pretty cleared up after, you know, after four days. So, um, right. So um, we like to start there, you know, upon uh, appointment procurement. That's where we start. But then exactly how you said, you know, we want to reduce stressors, make it really easy to find the front door, make it easy and adjacent to the parking. So how can we do that from an architecture standpoint? And we start doing that. Um, uh, how do we get patients from the front door up to the clinic? If it's a multi-floor clinic, there's some decision points that have to be made. So 
even working with partners like our developers that we're, that we're being onboarded with, um, coaching them and educating them on what we're trying to do upstairs in a tenant suite is pretty important to get patients to an elevator, to stairs, up to whichever floor they're on, and then to um, someone that could help. Um, the cool thing about waiting room lists uh, format is that we're removing any sort of FTE, full-time employee, um, from getting someone to the exam room. The intent is really based off of like a hoteling standpoint. We're grown-ups. We've done this before. It's been around for a while. You know that you can go up to the concierge. You can check in. You can get uh, you do your payments and stuff like that. You can walk yourself to the elevator, go up to the floor where you're supposed to be, and then go to the room that you're supposed to be in, right? Yeah. So why can't we do that in a healthcare environment? And I mean, we we we've done it. So it's it's we've had some great success stories out of it. Um, we're actually improving the amount of time that people get to spend with their patients. <laughs> people get to spend with their physicians, um, but the turnover rates are going quicker. So everything's sort of being leaned out like we were talking about. So they're getting more time face-to-face with, with their doctors, um, but we're getting more turnover rate as well. Just kind of so You mentioned we can do this in hotels. Why can't we do this at a clinic? Yep. And I mean, there's natural pushback, right? Like a clinic is not a hotel. There's privacy issues, probably some security issues. We're coming into these facilities with a different mindset and in a different condition than we would when we're on vacation. So how do you have to adapt the design or the application of this for a healthcare facility? Yeah, that's a great question too. And and uh, one of our one of our clients that we worked with uh, to come up with one of the first prototypes of this was very concerned about security, uh, and for good reason. Um, they actually had some instances where they needed to lock down, have control over where the patients are to make sure that they can take inventory, uh, make everyone keep everyone safe, and sort of consolidate and conceal, you know, that threat that came into their, their clinic. Cra- kind of crazy that you have to deal with that now, but it's it's one of the things we do. So um, hotels, if you think about that, that, that format, there's a lot of, a lot of room for people to walk around and just kind of wander. Um, it's not a bad thing, but you just, there's a, a level of security that happens sort of deeper into the facility than what we typically did at the clinics uh, of the past. Typically, when the clinic was off hours, you know, you shut it down at the front doors and no one could get in. Um, the way that we're doing this now, um, in some instances, they could walk all the way down to the exam room door, um, and then you would do your access control there. Um, we very heavily leaned on an onstage, offstage mentality. Onstage being where um, kind of the public spaces, offstage being private staff only sort of um, uh, services. And uh, that would be our red line. We did redundancy because of those instances with this particular client where where the concierge was sort of coming up the stairs. If someone need, does need a little bit of help, they don't, they're not familiar with technology, they don't have technology, they could go to this front desk, the concierge. We're not really calling it a, a, a reception anymore because there's not a place for someone to go and fill out papers. Hopefully that's all happening outside, right? So all of it's all of the uh, the logistics is happening before they even step foot into the clinic. So they would come up, they could uh, you know talk to a smiling face, they could escort them to the exam room if they need to. Um, but that little courtyard right there would be able to be locked down. 
um, it's just another little belt and suspenders. Um, but yeah, it's it's an important consideration because I want to underscore how radically different what you just mentioned is. We don't have a full time employee up at the front anymore. Right. And a lot of practices and clinics are used to having multiple and for it to be a pretty big item in their budget even and and managing when people are calling off or out sick and it kind of throws off the whole game for that practice that day it, it might even shape what that customer experience looks like for for a patient visiting so you no longer have a full-time employee receptionist as we used to call them up at the front you also no longer have a waiting room it is straight from car right up to your exam room absolutely right yep. Yeah, and we were uh, strangely enough, uh, we had started talking about this this format pre-COVID. Uh, 2018 is whenever we were uh, um, doing our visioning. We were talking about goals um, where uh, this particular client was was interested in taking his clinics or their their clinics. There was multiple people. We had a visioning session with about 24 people. It was awesome. It was really really fun. Um, but they wanted they wanted to they wanted to let the patients decide how they spend their time which was pretty fascinating. You know, these doctors were empathizing. They were trying their hardest, not just to make a buck, but trying the hardest to give good care, quality care, and making sure everyone was comfortable, um, even if they weren't um, controlling it, right? Well, and the nice thing is it does ultimately just benefit their bottom line too because you have a more satisfied patient. You know, we talked a lot about waiting times for patients, but there's also the, oh, I got to go get my prescription. Where's the pharmacy here? I need my blood drawn. So we're... can you talk to me about how you're even removing some of the inefficiencies that come from bouncing patients around if you're just walking straight up to an exam room? What, is that, what happens in that exam room? Can you kind of spell out some of the other parts? Yeah, sure. That with sure. And I'm actually going to step back even further. Uh, this developer... Um, keep referencing a specific project. Um, we're happy to give some links to it on on whatever the, the website down below. Check those. Um, but this this developer brought uh, this client in town. The client was the um, the physician that was interested in doing uh, waiting room lists um, clinics. So we even got to format this entire development to sort of help support that waiting room list mentality and what happened is we created this little medical home so the second floor was all this physician clinic space that was um hoteling you know waiting room lists you help yourself to your exam room down below on the first floor was pharmacy cardiac uh, cardiac uh, i think there's wound care down there there's imaging so it's kind of a one-stop shop even though you may need to you know schedule uh, your imaging appointment the next week or a week or two weeks out it's all in one location so you get really familiar with this facility um and you're taken care of at this one sort of uh one establishment so you're 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 comfortable um and it just sort sort of starts generating this uh, mentality that you you almost own the space you're familiar with it it's your house away from home to make you feel better right so then that's sort of what we're thinking will help guide some of those um that are a little bit more reluctant to to lean in on this new format lean in on some of the technologies they'll start seeing the benefits the more and more they come so um can you tell me what it looks like to actually move through the facility yeah. do i get 
a sort of notification that tells me, here's the room, here's how you get there, do, how do I check in, what yeah. are the thresholds I need to meet before that even happens? We actually presented this at a healthcare design conference uh, back last year in September, I think. And that was that was the biggest question from everyone in our audiences. And, and it, was, it was great to have the client there with us to walk us through because, you know, I can sit here and, and dish it out and stuff, but hearing it from the horse's mouth, it's, it's always better. But so how, how we're kind of formatting this is you do have to rely on some technology pretty heavily, but we have some redundancies and some fallbacks in case something does fail. But in, we're able we'll to go through the best case scenario. Everything's working. Everyone's comfortable. So you start feeling bad. You get on your, your app, you know, you log into the patient portal, you say, I need an appointment. They'll spit back a time and a date. You'll be ready to go. You show up 15 minutes prior. All of your information's inputted. Uh, they already have all your stuff via the app, you know, social security, weight, height. So all those forms that you're typically fumbling through on a clipboard, trying to find pen that works. Done. You're done. Done. Yeah. yeah. You do this all at home. I mean, how many how many times do you have to rewrite your name and your address? Oh, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Or even just like sometimes you get there and you find, oh, you didn't fill out, even if it is digital, you didn't fill out the form right. correctly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So all of that's sort of uh, taken care of. It's even checked, fact checked. You know, everything is, is uh, uh, even reviewed by the clinicians beforehand. So if any of that does happen, it's taken care of before you step foot on property. So all that's figured out. Your copay, everything, every all the payments and stuff have been have been sort of discussed. They can they can allow you in there. Um, so you arrive 15 minutes early, check in. You'll get some sort of notification says, "Hey Johnny, your exam room uh, 13 is ready to go." And where am I checking in? In my car, on an iPad, in your car, on your phone, uh, through through your iPad, whichever form of technology. But you don't have to go someplace to go. You don't have, no, exactly. So once you get that notification or if you if you arrive, you hit the like I've arrived button and they say you're not quite ready yet, then you can just sit in your car. Um, the, the developer that we worked with provided a really great um, lobby downstairs. Um, we can even Im implement some like nourishment and stuff in some cases. So just to try to do some of that positive uh, distraction, keep people happy, keep them kind of moving so you don't feel like you're really waiting. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thing because like when you're waiting in a waiting room, it's a com time seems to go by slower. Yeah. You run out of magazines, you've scrolled all, you've read the entire internet yeah. on your phone. But when you're in a space that doesn't feel like a lobby and you're able to go to a kiosk, maybe get a cup of coffee, get a granola bar or something like that. It's a different, even if you are waiting, it's a different experience. Absolutely. Isn't that the worst thing? You're in, a, in, in traffic, the line next to you moves and you're so frustrated. So then you move over and then the line that you were just in moves. We're trying to remove that altogether, right? So there's no frustration. But um, so exam room's ready. You get your notification. You know where you're going. You walk upstairs. You um, the, the way that we formatted this clinic is that we had a main street down the center. So this main spine was the collection, the public zone for everyone. And um, once once the patients get acclimated to what this is, um, there were little alleys and pods off of that, little side streets that we would actually name using waste, wayfinding and signage from local street names. So like locally here in, in Plano, we would use like Preston. So they would say you're in Preston room, exam room, or Preston exam room 13. You would go up and you'd take a left and it would help you wayfind if you don't know where you're going. Yeah, and this is, 
probably more important given that you're kind of expecting patients to do a little bit more of that wayfinding on their own than they absolutely would, yep. right? And and also probably trying to not control their flow and how much they are able to or not able to wander a space. So really clearly making it or making it really clear as to where they're supposed to go, especially important. Absolutely. And um, everyone everyone knows how to how to get to where they're going at this point. Maybe some others, some better than others, but uh, people know how to use uh, signs. They know, they know how to use street signs. So we thought that was a good concept to integrate into this as a wayfinding device. It seems to be working pretty well. We've gotten really great feedback on that. Um, uh, so you go down Preston, you find exam room 13, uh, you help yourself into the door. At this instance, the we felt the the best scenario would be like uh, just like a hotel room. You would have some access control on each one of the doors. You could key card in, help yourself in. That would provide a little level of security. We've also done it where it's just passage, where you just let yourself in, and um, you're kind of at the, the mercy of of uh, um, you know the neighborhood there to uh, to make sure you're just you're getting served. So. Um, on the back side of this, you, you're the patient, you've made it into your exam room without talking to zero, zero people, right? Awesome, cool. So how do you make sure that you're not just sitting in, a, in an exam room for 45 minutes by yourself without anyone knowing? Yeah, that was my big fear because I'm like, okay, so you're sitting here, you're maybe not waiting in the waiting room anymore, but are you waiting just as long right. in your exam room? So so the, um, the good thing about this is that everything is sort of working cohesive together. Um, we're calling it the symphony, right? Everyone's moving together. So while we're getting those notifications, the staff are um, turning the rooms, prepping them, making sure that all the supplies are ready, um, getting, making sure that the doctor is on pace, keeping up, you know, they can average times of wait times. There may be some that are shorter than others. There may be some that go, go long, but um, that's where, the, where we can't really control it, right? Because it just happens. But um, we have reduced it down to where you're not waiting 45 minutes. Um, it could be, you know, a, a five to eight minute wait, but uh, someone's on their way. Um, and then a nurse will be notified that your room has been occupied, which sets them in motion to go and actually come in like, you, like you're familiar with. They would come in and make sure you are who you say you are. Um, take, take your chart. Um, they may take some vitals and stuff. If you need to take uh, additional blood, draw, you know, any sort of labs... We actually have a lab on that floor centrally located, so we can just uh, walk you right down there um, and then come back to your room. We're trying to keep that patient from ever having to move. There's even opportunity to bring labs to the room, so the patient's not having to move at all, which actually reduces waste, wasted time as well. Right, because you're spending a lot of time tracking that patient, and then and they're waiting at each of right. those moments too. Yep. Each time you move a room, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a little bit of waiting just because you have to you have to sort of coordinate everyone that's being mobilized, right? So nurse comes in, takes your vitals, you're ready to go. Physician's been notified that you're there and, and active. Everything's been sort of uh, charted. Uh, this is actually a great way to keep um, document on each patient too, because each one of these benchmarks, you'll be able to log and put in your chart. Um, it's a good, good way to keep track of your staff too. Make sure that uh, there's no, there, there's no um, sort of runoff there, any remainder there. Um, and then the, phys the physician comes in. You get to spend more time talking about what you want to talk about, how to get healthy, how to stay healthy, um, you know, where to go to get get your, your scripts filled and stuff, which you can do downstairs. By the time you walk out, you'll have your uh, your script ready to go. 
and then um, you're done. Get your shots, whatever. And you can do. You can get even get some of your vaccines right in the same room. Yeah, you, absolutely. And you check out in the same room. Yeah. So that's the next step. Is typically you would you would leave. Someone would you know hold you by your hand and walk you out to this checkout area. Another piece of real estate that no one wants to pay for. Typically have patients that stack up there, and it's kind of a um, a choke point in trying to get out. It's just another person you want to you you have to see before you leave, right? Um, some people actually even elope. Meaning that they just walk past it and they don't they don't collect or anything, right? Or get Schedule. their next appointment, yeah. Yeah. So that's also controlled by not moving the patient. So even checkout is happening there. So um, uh, we're being we're able to to uh, reschedule. Um, the other cool thing is um, if there's any of those conversations that they need to have for financial uh, advisory that sort of stuff that can happen in there, you're completely private. So um, that's another benefit to it. So. Um, pretty much you're done. You did all that. You can just help yourself out. That's it. And so you, the great thing is, like you mentioned, less waiting time, but also more face-to-face time with your provider. Have you seen from your case studies any sort of, what are some of the benefits you've seen um, when it comes to turnover from an operations perspective, but also from a patient perspective and being able to spend more time with your physician? Right. We've had really great um, reviews. Uh, in fact, uh, some pretty solid ones, even <laughs> just kind of sleuthing through through the Amazon, Google reviews, whatever. Uh, but um, even from a metric standpoint, um, they just this particular client had just opened uh, just a couple of years ago, and they were seeing benefits in in that throughput uh, through their their very rough numbers. Um, they're just finishing up their their second cycle, so probably the first full cycle of patients. We're we're still waiting on that on that um, on those metrics, but we're really excited to see how that how that turns out. We're 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 pretty positive that we're going to see actual number actual financials that come out as a benefit to the throughput. From a patient standpoint, um, you know it's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. You get you don't have to move, you don't have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. You can if you want, um, but you don't have to. Some of the stuff that we have heard as a as a criticism, which is sometimes more helpful than than the the praises is um for the for the older older patients you know um some of them don't have access to smartphones some of them don't have cell phones so how would you do this without that so we still can format this just like a traditional um patient experience you can go to the concierge they can give you those actual documents to fill out if you're so inclined uh, they can walk you back to your exam room. Um, you would still do all the scheduling via the phone. They still have people that do that, um, and they do that all day long. Um, they actually get special rooms to do all their phone calls. Um, it, it's just another one of those things that we we tried to tried to help uh, alleviate some of those stressors. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we're sort of covering our basis with all different types of patients. To where we can we can still provide a hundred percent care for anyone at any sort of stature. Yeah. Anything else so that you need to do in terms of design to be able to make this a successful model? Yeah. Um. There's there's so much. You know. Obviously, we try our best to um to really dissect every single aspect of of impact from a patient and staff standpoint. Um, one of the other benefits uh, that that we heard it was on this on stage off stage mentality trying to 
provide as much natural light to the stack as possible. So we actually imported all of our exam rooms, meaning that there's no windows for any of the patients other than the ones that are provided in the public spaces. Um, and we justified that, you know, we, we know that for patient healing and inpatient, um, uh, it, it's, it's bar none one of the most important things. These patients are in, in these clinics for, you know, roughly 20 minutes, 15 to 22 minutes, I think is the average. So um, we really wanted to benefit those that were there for, four, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day being the, the staff. Sure. So we actually outlo uh, outboarded all of our nurse stations uh, behind the secure line, behind the offstage line. And uh, every single, um, they're essentially taking over every single opening in our second floor of that building. So there's just tons of natural light. It's really cool to go see it whenever it's occupied because it's it's just a mess. Everyone's really sort of claimed a spot. Um, they actually put sit-stand desks out there, so the furniture's been even um, looked at and, and challenged. Um, so you can kind of own what you're doing, how you're working. And um, there's there are these little spaces in this in this facility specifically that uh, were more circulation spaces, and they brought plants and stuff and just made it their own. Right? It's it's just a really cool. Uh, really cool to see someone make um, something that we work so hard from, um, you know, two-dimensionally, three-dimensionally come to life and they make it their own. Yeah. Um, I think that was that was just the other thing is, is we were not only trying to empathize with the patients, but really trying to make a place for the staff that is uh, exciting for them to come to work and, and special. And, and we've actually heard just that from most of them. Yeah, and I think most providers even want to spend more time with their patients. They don't want to kind of have to come. They got into this line of work for a reason. Yeah. And I think many of them probably appreciate that benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's That actually sparked something else that that's kind of unique that um, kind of blew our minds is that all of, the, all of the, the physicians that were on this level too gave up their office. So there are only two offices I'm sorry, four offices here, and they were all facilities or, or managers, um, schedulers, people that are on the phone pretty much majority of the day. Um, every single one of the physicians wanted to be in the bullpen on the offstage side because they saw the benefits and just being right next to their colleagues, being able to talk about, you know, Johnny, who just came in, um, is having a hard time scheduling. Then uh, physician Tom, physician Dan Jamie could say, oh, well, that's okay. Um, uh, so-and-so just said that they couldn't come so why don't we just put them in right there and and it's just it's just that that quick instead of having to do an email or a phone call you know it's just another way to to cut out some of that some of that meat that's just left over all the stuff i can't imagine they enjoy doing right outside of practicing medicine right right so jordan what's next how do you, how do you see this playing out in other practices what kind of facilities make for good candidates when you're thinking about the self-rooming model and where do you see this going next that's a great question um we've i think we've sort of planted the seed for the outpatient um you know general physician specialist uh, mentality i think that's that's a pretty pretty easy pill to swallow um i'd love to challenge like the ed emergency department I mean, how amazing would that be if there was no waiting? There's there's some waiting instances. I've even heard uh, this child was sick and he had to, they had to wait 36 hours to get back into a room. And then another oh, yeah. couple of days 
and an observation just because they were waiting on physicians to come and take care of them. Um, it's there's a lot more variables when it comes to emergency departments. Obviously, there's triage that comes in that takes precedent over those, which just sort of stacks behind it. But uh, I think there's still some ways that we can take some of the nuggets that we're doing here and implement them into into this inpatient mentality uh, to at least reduce the amount of weight um, and oil that machine to make it a little bit more efficient. Thank you so much, Jordan. It's been great talking to you. This has been a blast. I appreciate you uh, being interested in waiting rooms, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And thank you all for watching, and we'll see you the next time on The Square. <laughs> <laughs>